welcome to Season 6 of Talking Home Renovations with the House Maven. I am your host, Catherine McPhail. I am an architect. I practice in Massachusetts. My specialty is additions and renovations to older homes. I'm especially interested in sustainable renovations and new technologies. This season, I'll be speaking with women in renovations. These women could be in construction, real estate, design. It could be homeowners with a story to tell. Each will bring her experience and advice to people who are planning a home renovation of their own. The first five seasons have covered all aspects of home renovations from foundations to roofing, sustainable renovations, DIY projects, how to hire professionals, and there are lots of home renovation stories and advice from all types of people. This episode is a home renovation story, really more of a home renaissance story, actually. My guest is Vana Carmona, who I initially met through the Atlantic Black Box Project, which is researching and reckoning with New England's role in the global economy of enslavement. So that's a different subject, but an interesting one. So I'm going to include a link to them in the show notes, because that's where we met. She's the founder of The Prince Project, which is a database of over 2,000 people of color who lived in Maine prior to 1800. When we spoke, Fanon mentioned the work she had been doing on her house in Maine, and I knew I wanted to hear her story. She's received a lot of acknowledgments for her work on this project, and I would encourage you to read more about it. That'll be linked in the show notes, also on my podcast Instagram and Facebook page. You know I love stories about houses coming back to life. Here is my conversation with Vonda. I saw the house. I, I grew up in Portland, and I was gone for 38 years, only came back occasionally to visit my, my mother. And uh, then I moved back here to Maine in 2010 uh, from Cal. I had been out in California for 30 years. So I came back, brought my Los Angeles husband with me. Mm. And one day I didn't drive down this road all that often, but there were a, couple, a few occasions where I needed to get to appointments and I would go by. So I drove by and I went, oh, my gosh, this was way back in 2010. I said, oh, my gosh, I had this big deja vu about this house. It was like, I somehow it was in my memory, but it wasn't really coming to the surface. But I went, oh my gosh, that's such an incredible house. And it was already a, a, a bit of a mess, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. And then I watched it over the years just completely fall completely apart. Mm. Sometime around 2012, there was some work done up here because it's on a hill. Um, they cleared a lot of the brush and suddenly you could see the house very starkly uh, for a little while. And then they boarded it up. Mm. So they boarded up the downstairs. So I just watched it just fall completely into ruin. It was already a mess, but it was now really bad. And it got the graffiti and mm. you could see the damage. And I asked, I think I asked somebody uh, once, I said, whatever happened to that house? I, I, I'd love to have that house. And they said, it's, uh, well, well the, the old man won't sell it or something. A lot of people want it, et cetera. So then one day I was just, this was in uh, June of 2019. I was driving down the street again, and I always would slow down. I could slow down and go, I want to see the house. And it had a for sale sign out front. Mm. And I just stopped right there, side of the road. I called uh, my my contractor who had helped me on some other projects and I who actually lived in the area. And he says, yeah, I've seen it too. He says, he says, let, I said, well, I want to, where do I sign? And it turned out that the city had taken it over for back taxes, that the old man had died in 2016. 
And I had 36 hours to make a bid. Wow. So I jumped and um, made the bid and said, okay, fine, we'll see. And didn't hear anything for about a month. And then I suddenly got an email saying that it was mine. Wow. And, but then, ah, but no, this is only the beginning. So then we discovered that the titles were a mess. Mm. So um, got back a hold of the attorney and said, we've got to straighten this out. The city gave me, a, uh, I think, I can't remember what it was, a year, I think it may be, to um, get it straightened out as long as I didn't ask any money, <laughs> of course. Yeah. So we set off on that, and that took quite a few months, uh, but we finally got all that straightened out. And so I finally, I closed on it the middle of February, three weeks before COVID. Wow. It fell apart that much in 10 years. That's amazing. Oh, it was terrible. Mm. And it was known, uh, now I know a lot more about it. It was known as the haunted house around here. Uh. And it seemed like every, you know, every partying teenager Mm. had, you know, had fun in here. And the other thing that's really interesting is I discovered as I started to dig into the history of the house of the family, the woman that lived here all her life, she was the one that lived here the longest, Marguerite Emerson. I, it turns out I'm actually, she and I are related. Ah. We, go back, we go back to the same ancestor that came over from uh, into Massachusetts in the 1630s. Wow. So that was actually kind of funny to find out. Uh, Margaret Emerson had no children, but she had nieces and uh, nephews. And so I got in touch with the grandnieces and nephews. And, and there's one who's provided me with an enormous amount of information. So between us all, hmm. plus, you know, my own research, et cetera, we, we have managed to really do an enormous amount of work. And I even have photographs of Marguerite in the house in the 1890s. Awesome. That's, that's really exciting. Uh, did, yes. did you, and, and you ended up naming the house after her? Is that correct? Yeah. Cause I thought she had, I, I, I felt like she had a lot of um, a lot of uh, abilities that were never, unfortunately, used. She, right. But she was a musician and a poet. Hmm. So she had, a, I have pictures of her with a piano. I think she played the violin or the flute. And then she published a couple of little books locally. I have them here. I have two of the, the original books. Actually. Wow. Both of her One, she actually wrote a, wrote a poem about this house. Okay, that's that's the first time I've ever heard of of that. Someone having a yeah. poem written by a past inhabitant they're not related yeah. to. Yeah. Wow. Pretty cool. Yeah. So it's... I got it's 1928. Um, I think it was 27. They got water to the house. Oh. And it was a year later before the it got water to the kitchen. Oh, you mean water in a good way? Okay. Water, yeah. like you know, a pump. Yeah, plumbing. <laughs> yeah okay so that was in 1928 they got water all the way to the kitchen Mm. which was in the house that must have been huge uh 1948 she got a toilet 1948 is seems really recent to have toilets it seems recent to me i mean they had basically an outhouse in well, the back house that is, you know, because it was big house, little house, back house, barn. That mm. it was in the back house, from what I understand, that the outhouse was part of the back house. So I don't know what it looked like. It was just a hole in the in a board, or whether it was something else. Well, um, nineteen forty-eight. Wow, nineteen forty-eight. She got a toilet. 
And then in 1950, I believe it was, she got a furnace to heat, wait, the first floor. The second floor never had any heat. Wow. Wow. 1950. So before that, it was just heated by coal wood or stoves. wood? Okay. Oh, wood stoves. Wood stoves. There's wood stoves. This, this was... This house was after people say, oh, where were the fireplaces? Well, there weren't any fireplaces. They had the mantles, mm -hmm. you know, as if there were a fireplace, but they were all wood stoves. They wouldn't have had fireplaces. That would have been like crazy. You built a house for your great grandmother, you know. So they were all wood stoves. And in fact, one of the wood stoves is still with the family, and I have a picture of it. Hmm. And it's gorgeous. Yeah, I bet. Are they, that was are they using it still? Yes, I hear they're using it. Huh. Yeah, it's really neat. It's beautiful. And then let's see what happened. So she died. Now, one of the, the stories in the family was that Marguerite died falling down the stairs. Oh. Which, frankly, if you could see the stairs, you wouldn't have questioned it. I kind of assume that that could be my fate as well. That's, that's <laughs> funny. I thought that on my front stairs as well. Like, this could be where I die. Someday. Oh, yeah, the back stairs. You think the front stairs are bad. You should see the back stairs. I actually have learned to go up the back stairs like my dog goes up the front, the back stairs, you know, like, you know, using all fours. Oh, no, that sounds pretty okay. steep. Well, there is a railing because the city made me put in a railing. So, um, <laughs> and the railing, actually, I said, well, I'm not putting in some stupid little wooden pole. So <laughs> I went out and had a guy do these beautiful copper like copper pipes that are railings mm. and at the bottom there's even a grab bar and that thing is a lifesaver so the thing was the whole thing was that I, I had it done in copper I want you know this is a farmhouse it may be Greek revival but it wasn't a city house it was a farmhouse so I, I had it done like with pipes and that way it kind of matched some stuff in the kitchen um, it turns out Marguerite did not die falling down the stairs. I finally said to the family, I said, why don't you just get her death certificate? So they did. And she actually died of a heart condition at her nephew's in Portland. Oh, so she didn't die in the house. But it, but nobody questioned it for years because this place has these deadly stairs. And it's a good story. I mean, that's a great story. Yeah. It so, was sold out of the family at that point or the old man who didn't want to sell yeah. it. Was he related to? Okay, so what happened is it was sold in 1965 to a woman who was some kind of a realtor developer. So we all know where that went. Yeah. So everything got subdivided, and the property was reduced down to, it's, a, it's not quite an acre. And it's kind of a, she did it in kind of a weird shape, I don't know. Because I think because she wanted to cut it as tightly as she could, but there was a barn in the way, so she had to make some, the back of it at an angle. Okay, so that was that. And so she had it for 10 years, and then she sold it to the man that had it and destroyed the place. And his thing was that he was going to quote, everyone who knew him has always said, oh, he wanted to, always said he was going to restore it to its former glory. And of course, we all know what happened. It certainly didn't. Mm -mm. I can't tell how much he lived here and how much he didn't. I don't think he, he may have lived here in the beginning. So that would have been 1975. But I, he seems to have, um, there seems to have been um, a divorce. There were some kids involved. And then he was a merchant marine. So he went off to uh, Florida and seems like he wasn't really here all that much. I believe that the house was rented out quite a bit. Um, I ran into, somebody contacted me who said that they had lived in this house as a little girl. 
and lived here for like, I think she said 10 years. Mm. So it was rented out to somebody for quite a while. And then I know that in the late 1990s, he had remarried and somehow I know they were up here for a while and based, and I think maybe they started this kind of remodel thing. Mm. I'm thinking that because of I, I there were some things that I found the age of them and it seemed like it fit that time frame. Mm. But again, it's kind of vague. But at that point, it appears that that's when it happened, that all the original doors were taken out and piled up downstairs. There were new doors. They were like modern copies of doors, you know, so they looked panels and stuff, but they were new doors. Mm. Uh, all the, the windows were all taken out, piled up, and they were replaced by nice windows that had multi-pane, but they were wrong. You know, uh, the, 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 the muntins were all, the proportions were all wrong, especially in the dormer. In the dormer, they really, then they, they put in these teeny tiny panes and it wasn't like that at all. And then what else did they do? Obviously, they pulled up a lot of the flooring, the original flooring. It looked like they were attempting to lower the ceilings. It looked like he had mm. done insulation and sheetrock because I found a lot of sheetrock and insulation all over the place. Um, so it looked like that was the idea of fixing the house was to replace the old stuff with modern copies. Uh, the window, the beautiful window trim in the two formal rooms was taken off, piled up again, and replaced by something you get at the hardware store. What else did we find? Somewhere along the line, upstairs, which was probably a smart move, is that there were two small rooms that you could access from the back stairs, and then you would have to go, then there were two other larger bedrooms, and you'd have to go through one to get to the other one and the front stairs. Mm. But someone had taken one of the rooms upstairs and had made a, a hallway and a place for a bathroom. And that we kept because there wasn't any reason to. We, we found the forensic evidence that where the doors were, mm -hmm. but it wouldn't have made any sense. So we kept that hallway. And we know that hallway was put in recently because we could tell by the, the way it was cut to a, to get into the front stairwell. Mm. Uh, we knew that that was done with a machine. Okay. Okay. So, and the other cut to go into the stairwell was done by hand. So that was the old cut when they added on the front part of the house. I do believe that the, the very front of the house with the double porches was added shortly after. I don't think it was very long. I think the middle part of the house was there and then they added on the front and maybe they had planned to do it anyway, because you can see down in the basement, there's only a crawl space. We are on a huge ledge. This is a huge rock. Mm. That rock sort of stopped and dropped. It looked like it was, you know, there was a bit of a cliff there. And I think that that's where they built the house, the, that big part of the house on the back, on the ledge. And then because it dropped, they extended the Greek revival part over that so that there could be a basement. Oh, okay. I wonder how they knew that there was a basement area if there the rock didn't continue. I guess you could just start digging. No, the rock stopped. So they built yeah. it over. They built it so that as they extended out the front of the house, there was already a basement. It was already dropped. Okay. And then, so, and then I've seen pictures of it completely falling in. I mean, completely falling in. 
So (laughs) did you replace it with, and luckily you had all the stuff stacked up in the house. Did you use, replace any of those old windows with the original? I mean, the only one, uh, it turned out. So I got all the old windows out. First of all, those doors, I spent months scraping paint off those suckers Mm -hmm. Uh, and they're back. I don't know if they're in the same places, but they're back. Okay. Okay. Um, As far as the, the trim, the trim, the original trim, I stripped all of that too. And I did it with the idea that because it was Greek Revival and it would be repainted because everything was painted then. Floors were painted. Trim was painted. This like bare wood. I mean, what are you? Mm-hmm. You know. So, but when we put it back up um, on in the parlor and the, we call it the study, it looked so fantastic mm-hmm. in its half-stripped way that everyone who ever comes in goes, oh, that's fantastic. So I'm not touching it. It's staying. And, and, and then we also had it copied, professionally copied, so that we could uh, to fill in what was missing. And we extended the formal trim into the dining room. It wouldn't have been there originally. Hmm. But then you get into the kitchen, and we have a much simpler trim. And you come upstairs, and it's just your basic one-by-fours. <laughs> right, so, yeah. That didn't make any sense. It wouldn't have been fancy up here. We don't do those things upstairs in that era. No, it's true. I mean, why? It's a lot of money for that back then. And now, and and now too, actually. And I kept the, I decided just to leave the floors wood because I like them. I did paint the bathrooms. I painted the bathroom floors so that I was tipping my hat. Originally, I said, I'm going to paint all the floors because that's the way they would have been. And I couldn't bring myself to do it. So the bathrooms are painted. Mm. So. Now, I found on those famous back stairs when I got around, a lot of the treads going up were original. And then the ones that curved around into the kitchen had been removed. So uh, I had the guys replace those, but we smashed them up really good <laughs> so they didn't look new. And then when I was looking to paint the, the treads, I realized well, Marguerite loved blue. That was everyone knew Marguerite loved blue. So when I was looking at the stairs and studying because they were painted sort of a brown under the brown was a blue so i matched the blue as best i could and so i painted them i repainted them blue and we call it we always call it marguerite blue if if there's any blue in the house it's called Marguerite. (laughs) no matter what the shade of it no matter what the shade it's all marguerite that makes sense so you started all of this in 2020 and it's not that hasn't been that long and yet it looks like you have done a ton of work over the last three years, I guess, right? Yeah, it took a year and a half before I could move into it. And honestly, I had no idea what I was going to do with it when I got it. I thought I would probably, because I liked where I was living, that I would probably fix it up and sell it. I had no idea. But then after a year, you know, you get so invested emotionally. Mm-hmm. And my husband, I showed it to him when I first bought it, and he almost had a heart attack. Uh, and then because it was it's it, you know, it's it's my baby so he um about a year later i said you haven't seen the house since last year since i got it i think you should come over and look at it and so he came over he said okay i'll come over and look and see what you're up to and he walked in and he was stunned because hmm. the house was full of junk and piles and you know boarded up and dark and holes in the floor and the raccoons and the vandals i mean there, yeah you know, there was the graffiti on the outside the graffiti inside too, inside too. Oh man! Uh, so he came in and was really stunned and said, "I can't believe you've come this far." I said, "So we started talking about living here, and so he calls it his incentive package." 
I said, well, this huge bedroom here in the front could be your office, honey. <laughs> good, good, good strategy. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it has become his, his office and it's his, um, it's great. He loves it. So, so he said, yeah. And so I said, well, let me see where, if we can fit in certain things that we need here. So I came the next day and did some measurements and went home and I said, we can do it. And he says, okay, let's go for it. So we started getting it. Uh, well, the first thing I did is I made a few changes. You know, I, I, I upgraded the countertops and I added a wine cooler <laughs> into the kitchen. Tell me about your kitchen. What is, is that, what's it like? Did you try to keep it the way it was kind of? Well, there, there was no way it was. Right. It was, it was completely torn down to nothing. There was nothing. Right. The way well, it would have been, I guess I should say. Yeah, I knew it was, I knew it was, that's where the kitchen was because that's where the kitchen would have been. And it was confirmed by the family that the backstairs went down in the kitchen, which I assumed they did anyway. So we put in a kitchen that was very, you know, what would you call it? Not colonial, that wouldn't be right. But, you know, it was more of a farm kitchen and I, I wanted to have marble and granite. But of course, you know, I, I don't have, uh, you know, an, uh, an HGTV kitchen because I cook, right? Right. A lot. So I can't have something that's going to get stained. I will. And in fact, they made a mistake and brought the wrong product. They brought some kind of a granite and put it down. It was not what I had ordered. Mm. And I had it to keep it for about six weeks. And man, it was a mess. I could not keep that thing. I mean, it stained with water. It was so bad. Oh, yeah. so, uh, so I said, I'm really glad. So I ended up with a quartz and I, and, you know, but it looks, it looks like, it looks like slate. I, you know, okay. What could I, I said, we're talking practical. I still need a dishwasher folks. Yeah. Um, but in the island I had made, that's where we hide the microwave. Mm. So, I, and it added a lot of storage. I think if I were going to do it now, now that I've lived here, I think I would have done the kitchen a little differently. Not a lot, but I would have done it a little differently. Uh, but it's, it's, it's fine. And it goes well. And it has, you know, the hardwood floors and stuff. So the city uh, required that I put in a sprinkler system. So I have the only 175-year-old house with a sprinkler system. Wow. Wow. That's amazing well, that they required you to do that. Well, they said the house, the inside of the house, if I'd had original walls and stuff, I probably could have gotten away with it. But the fact that there was nothing left, you know, it was so demolished that they felt like, well, it's, you can do it. Mm. So, and I, and part of me said, fight it. And then part of me said, wouldn't I feel like a stupid idiot if some, if somehow the house burned out and I had, re I had demanded that I didn't have a sprinkler system. So it's like, okay, fine. Yeah. I'll give up, my, I'll give up the hood over the range and I'll work on the sprinkler system. You basically did the whole thing by yourself. I mean, obviously oh, your husband didn't even go there for a year, so. Oh, no, 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 my husband, this isn't his thing. Uh, no, I had a contractor and, you know, his gang, and he had done work for me before. So I, you know, we knew that we worked pretty well together and it was COVID. So we had all that stuff. You know, I could only have one person at the house at a time for a while. Mm. And we just kept plodding along. We had to take up a, a lot of, you know, we had to take up the floors in the over the ledge and fixed foundations we had the little back section that had originally been part of the original back house 
um, that was falling down. We had to completely redo that foundation. So that foundation had to go in completely. That was a complete disaster. Mm. That was all rebuilt. But the footprint was the same. So that way it was considered a repair and not, I wasn't adding on anything. Mm. That would be more complicated. Uh, er, the outside of the house was, is original. That's all the original um, clapboards and, and things. We had to repair some. Obviously, the decking on the porches was completely collapsed. We had to rebuild all of that. But we did, um, we did salvage. So the shell of the house is original. And a lot of, you know, the, the joists are original. A number, I would say probably 80, 85% of the studs are original. Hmm. You know, so all of that was there. And of course, they had torn out and done all sorts of stuff. But we could find the tracing. You could see where the plaster ended. You could see where, so you could see where there was a door. You could, so we, we had to do a little forensic. Hmm. We had to do is there was one day in June of 2020 where we took all the doors and all the pieces and all et cetera that we could find and laid it all outside on the grass and tried to figure out how to piece it all back together again. And we actually said, wait a minute, hold on. This part was part of a mantle. You know, because we find these things and we go, where would they go? Where would they use something like this? And all of a sudden we realized it was part of a mantle that wrapped around mm. you know, the chimney. I was like, oh, my gosh. So anyway, that has all been re-put back together again. It's in the dining room. I think it was originally in the parlor, but we ended up, well, as I said, I didn't know where anything went. But I'm pretty sure that, that the wraparound was in the parlor, and the one that's now in the parlor was actually in her music room, the study. I think, because I don't think, obviously, what was in the quote-unquote dining room would have been just your wood stove because nobody cared. It wasn't a formal room. Mm. But in the parlor, there was the other thing that happened. I mean, it's called practical. I was coming in the house in some of the early days while it was being worked on, and I said, do you realize there isn't one darn closet in this whole place? Yeah, that's true. And I'm like, so you're going to come in here, because normally you probably would have come in through the barn, but no, you're going to come in here into this little stairwell, and where are you going to put anything? Your shoes, your boots, where? So I had where the, the chimney stuck out into the parlor, I had two little tiny closets put on either side. Oh. So you'd have at least a place to put your jackets. That's a good idea. Then I also, out the back, because I didn't want anything to change. I wanted to, that when people looked up at this house, I wanted to see, have them to see it as it was. I wasn't going to anything stupid like, Oh, I'll fill in the porches or some horrible thing like that. Mm -hmm. I'll throw in some more dormers. No, there is a dormer and it goes out the back and you can't see it. So tell me about the uh, public recognition that you've gotten for the project. Oh, well, that was sort of a surprise. Well, I was surprised at everything. I was surprised about the people driving up my driveway and knocking on my door. You know, I had no idea that when people saw me outside, they'd there's cars would go to a screeching halt and they jump out and thank you. <laughs> uh, I had no idea the first day I lived here and I was sitting on the porch having coffee and the, the, the um, trash men came by the recycling men. They all jumped out of their truck and waved at me and said, looks great. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I like, that's, that's, so, a, that's a nice yeah. reward for all your work. Oh no, and it went it went on for way over a year. I still get people that um that stop. And uh so people have been, some people gave me some things, you know, they leave me gifts and notes, plants. Wow. So there's still a lot of landscaping to be done. Mm -hmm. 
And then I got an award from Maine Preservation back in March that uh, at the, the man from Maine Preservation, Jonathan, came to see the house after I'd been working on it for almost a year. So he, he didn't quite get how bad it was. Mm. You know, we're talking and he's, he's actually showing me some things that were really cool, pointing out some things. It was wonderful. And then I said, I don't think you understand. So I showed him the video that I took of the upstairs. I couldn't do the downstairs because it was dark. It was boarded up. Of the upstairs on the first day I bought it, and he was in shock. Wow. And then he says, oh, wait a minute. Send this to me. I got to share this. <laughs> That's too bad so, you couldn't get the downstairs, right? I couldn't. You had to have, like, a, you know, the light on the, on the, on the helmet. Yeah, yeah. Because the pictures are pretty bad. Even that must have been after you fixed it up. They're bad. So, um, so that was then, and then I was notified in May from Greater Portland Landmarks that I'm getting an award from them too. Excellent property. So that's really exciting. It is really exciting. Yeah. Because I just figured I'm just going to go fix the house. Maybe I'll sell it. I ended up living in it, and I had no idea, you know, of the people, the outpour of gratitude. Mm. <laughs> I'll say that was uh, that was definitely the icing on the cake. Yeah. I always feel like I'm standing up here on a stage and people are always going, what are you going to do next? You yeah, know? yeah. You are kind of in the public eye right there, aren't you? Is it a busy? Yeah. yeah. Well, it was really fun when we, when it started to get dark early, we turned on lights and the neighborhood went nuts because <laughs> they hadn't seen light on here. So it, it got, so every single night when the sun went down, we'd go through the house and turn on all the lights because the neighbors loved it so much. <laughs> well, we don't do it anymore but it was fun for the first year yeah i mean it is something kind of beautiful about seeing an old house lit from within yeah, and, yeah it's like it's got its new it's got its life back oh and also about the windows there also all the windows have you know i got new windows of course i had to i could not uh, the, the cost of repairing the old windows was astronomical but i did t uh, find the ones that went in the dormer and i did fix those mark bagala um, over in Westbrook, uh, coached me, and then he put the glass in, and my contractor got them back in. So the and those are the only ones in the house that have an ice coating in the winter. Mm, got that ice coating? That's always fun. But I've saved all the old windows. I'm thinking of turning them into some kind of a greenhouse. <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. Maybe back where the barn was or something. Well, Could the I... barn's being rebuilt. Oh, good. It took me. Way over a year, I finally got the permit just in time for the rains to start coming down in torrents. And so I haven't been able to get the work started. Mm. It was supposed to be started six weeks ago. Uh, but we, I have rebuilt, I'm rebuilding the barn. It's going to be a garage because, you know, I don't have any cows. So I'm rebuilding it. It will be once again connected to the house, just like it was originally. Um, it will be a garage as it isn't exactly like the original uh, because, first of all, historic preservation doesn't want it to be exactly like the original. And then upstairs is a guest room where I can stuff all my kids and grandkids when they come to visit. Perfect. And then we'll then I'll launch in to after that into more of the landscaping because there's still a lot that I have in my vision. Mm needs to be done but i can't do it while there's going to be trucks driving all over everything no you really can't i guess that's yeah i'm not done yet no you're not done yet but when you are done do you think you're still going to want to stay or do you feel like you're going to want to move on to another revival project well, well i would love to but i have a feeling that i really this is where i'm supposed to stay yeah 
I'm always seeing a house I want and I go, oh, wait a minute, you can't do that now. Because the only way I could do it would be to sell and, and, and move and do it all over again. And um, not being any spring chicken either. I think that I would love to do another old house or maybe I can coach somebody on doing another old house because it isn't my first, this wasn't my first rodeo, but it was the biggest. The biggest rodeo. <laughs> the biggest rodeo. And I really like the historic stuff. My architect, Margaret Innes, was, is also totally in it. So we were absolutely, you know, joined at the hip through all of this. She helped design the, you know, did the design for the garage and the back house and all of that. So, yeah, we are definitely committed for life. I don't know. those. We don't really know but I, what will happen. But I think for the moment, my idea is that I'm just going to stay here it's going to take me a long time to finish all the little details that I really want to do. Yeah. So I could make this and hopefully I've got time. You know, I don't, you know, we all, none of us know, but true. I'm hoping yeah. that right now I'm healthy. So hopefully it will stay that way. And yeah, hopefully. I hope so. Yeah. It's, um, it's just a fun thing to do anyway. I love bringing an old house back to life. So kind of along those lines, you know, this season I'm talking to women about, their thoughts on women and renovations and what it's like to be a woman. Do you have any particular thoughts on that? Well, it's funny because I know two other women who are also renovating old houses. And yet I don't know any men who are. So I don't know. I don't know how to explain that. It could just be coincidence. Hmm. But I have a friend way up in Carthage who's doing a, a Gothic uh, revival. Now hers is, now she's not doing a... She's she's doing a fabulous job. It's just amazing. Uh, she's not thinking of it as historic, you know, but it certainly is turning out that way from what I can see. Mm. And then there's a woman up near Harpswell who uh, who is doing who's doing a house up there. I think her house is, I think hers is late 18th century, mm. at least the original part of it. So mm. I'm not sure what what that's all about but it does seem like the ones i know who are doing old houses are women interesting maybe i don't know i'm not is it that we have more vision i don't know i have no idea i'm sure there's out there that are just as just have just as much talent i just don't know um, i mean there must be men who have that much talent i guess it's i'm gonna... sure there are. <laughs> it would be shocking if i didn't <laughs> So in all your experience from the various work that you've done over the years, do you have any advice for other people who might just be deciding to start off with this kind of thing? Well, first of all, there's the issue of it's going to be a lot harder and much more expensive than you ever dreamt. Okay. That's very true. So if, if you feel you're on a really finite budget, you need to think about what you can really do with it. And then the other thing is, can you actually do a lot of it on your own? You know, your, your physical self, or are you going to, who are you going to need to hire to do it? Mm -hmm. And a lot of that, of course, is going to be where you live because certain prices are higher in certain places. I think also check into your titles, make sure that they're clean. You don't want, cause it is, you know, people could just, walk up and say oh this is really mine hmm. check out your titles and know try to educate yourself on the the, the the building codes 
and the rules. Yeah. How do you, how would you recommend that people do that? That's hard. Luckily I, I had Margaret, my architect, I had my contractor and then I'm, I dig in and do my own calls and things like that. And a lot of stuff you can find online, but sometimes it's written in this jargon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the other thing that was, you know, and I, I had this house declared a local historic landmark that was a blessing and a curse mm. as at this, at, yes, I want to make sure that this house is protected. But at the same time, then when I, they, I was always assured that, oh, of course you can add on. Of course you can do this. And here are some of the rules and things. And I thought, well, that wouldn't be a problem for me because I would never do anything to damage, you know, the, this house. And yet it turned, it, it was just incredibly difficult. And because you're dealing with committees, mm-hmm. it was really, really hard. And if I had basically said, I'm going to wait till I finish everything and then get it declared. <laughs> so that ended up being a, a kind of a, uh, I, I, I can't say I regretted it, but it, it made life really hard. Mm. Yeah. As they would pick things apart and discuss them and then go back to the, I'd have to go back to the drawing board and that costs money and then back again and that. So, as I said, I want the house to be a local historic landmark, but I think my timing, I needed to, to do it. You're a little, a little different. over, overly um, excited about the idea. Well, I was so convinced that anything I would ever do on this property would be, um, would be fine. Yeah. And then what else? So I think that you just be very, very realistic. I was, um, I never had any moments of regret. People keep thinking, oh, you must have been. St-. Actually, I don't know. Someone was asking me that yesterday. I had some interns in from Greater Portland Landmarks, and they were asking me, like, did you ever? And the answer is, it never occurred to me. I already had been down that path. Hmm. You know, I know when I did my very, very first renovation back when the kids were babies, that was, I thought I had all this money and it cost twice as much. Yeah. You know, right from the start, I think that but somehow I knew exactly what I wanted it to look like, and I knew that I could do it, and it, I'm, I think I was unusual in that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. I mean, maybe you were meant to do that. I think so. I think I was. I don't know. Maybe all those little spirits in this house that we were talking about, <laughs> maybe they all got together. <laughs> and, and decided to help you out. Help me with out. With the vibe. Yeah. Yeah. With the vibe. It's like, we're going to. Yeah, I had a strange experience when I was uh, very first bought the house and I came up to, to see it. There was a black cat that was running around the property. Okay, black cat. And not only that, it was a polydactyl. It had the multi-toes. Mm-hmm. And I adore multi-toed cats. And I actually had one many years ago. Um, I uh, She had like 27 toes. Wow. She was She had front and back. I love that cat with her toes. So up comes this black cat with all these extra toes, <laughs> friendly as could be. And I said, are you going to be my mascot or something? I said, are you here to greet me? I have never seen that cat since. Mm, that... I have a picture of him. Wow. That is, I... that might've been a little welcoming cat. Little black cat with all those toes. And I thought you were here for me. And I asked around the neighborhood and said, now people said, I don't know. I've never seen a cat like that. I thought it was really cool. I thought maybe he was going to hang around. He'd be my cat. I know. That is a little disappointing that 
Yeah, that was I'm a one-time of, thing. I was planning to take him in. <laughs> I would have no problem. Yeah, I would have no problem. I do that often. <laughs> so, um, but there was that. So uh, it was. Um, it's my house. Yeah. When the ear, when the heirs heard that I had decided to move in, they were ecstatic. They said we were so hoping. They said you're the only person that should ever live in that house. <laughs> That's sweet. Said, oh, we're breathing a sigh of relief. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I wouldn't be able to do this without you, the listener. I invite you to join me on Instagram at Talking Home Renovations, where we are building up a friendly community. Other ways to get in touch are in the show notes, including the weekly newsletter that includes photos from the episodes. It's kind of worth signing up for that. Talking Home Renovations with Alice Maven is proud to be a member of Gable Media, the most engaged AEC network on the planet. If you're into architecture, check out what the network has to offer at gablemedia.com. That is G-A-B-L-M-E-D-I-A dot com. Until next time, take it easy.